Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you headed up to the rebellion and didn't bring enough snacks for everyone, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Sunday, January 10th, 2016, ding, ding, Occupy a Little Birdhouse in Your Soul edition of the show, where we talk about the yee-hottest of the vanilla ISIS out in Oregon. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you in part by Freedom Box. All American processed food snacks delivered straight to your militia headquarters or armed insurrection site. Freedom Box offers such all-American goodies as bison jerky, bald eagle bites, or patriot pops, along with a full selection of high-calorie, low-nutrition, deep-fried shit, just like you've got in your kitchen at home. Our personal favorite is the Barack Hussein deep-fried Oreos. Skip the line at Walmart and order straight from FreedomBox.com. Use the code RACISTDOUCHEBAG at sign-in and save an additional 10%. If you would like to sponsor the show, shouldn't you be out in Oregon with the rest of your people? And fuck the UN! Who are they to decide what we, the American people, can own? I have a message to carry. Any of these cocksuckers over in the UN. Here's your fucking agreement. Sign anything you want to sign. It's not going to mean shit. It don't fucking mean shit to me. You know what I have to say? Come and take it, motherfuckers! Ah, uh, here we are, just a week or so into 2016, and America's most entertaining citizens have kicked off their new season in Oregon, where the Citizens for Constitutional Freedom started an open-ended run at a remote bird sanctuary in the southeastern corner of the state, or on your playbills, it could just as easily be labeled as Idaho. The troupe's new show is a heavy on improv pieces, along with a few traditional setups and skits. And in the drones. Literally, there are armed drones buzzing the refugee center. And they're gonna drone the domestic terrorists. There are no drones. Uh, there's no refugee center. It's a gift shop at a bird sanctuary. And they're not going to drone the domestic terrorist. Just so we're clear. The critics' response so far has been mixed. Uh, a lot of people are pointing out this is not much different than the Improv Group's 2014 show in Nevada, where they invited players from other troops around the country to gather at the Bundy Ranch and workshop some one-act plays where cowboys are still culturally relevant. Sadly, that show ended after one horrible night when Cliven's improv scene collapsed in a Michael Richards-sidled racist rant on the stage. But for pure humor value, staging a show at the Bird Sanctuary miles from civilization sets the tone for... The entire audience, letting them know that comedy is straight ahead. What? What? What do you mean the copy's wrong? It's not a comedy show out in Oregon? Are you sure? It's real. Are you sure? 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been informed I have the wrong copy. And the events in Oregon are not an improv show, but are the occupation of federal lands by a right-wing militia group. Some have even gone so far as to call these guys terrorists. Really? These assholes? I'm not that terrorized. For those of you fortunate enough to live in the world of, <laughs> that you're ignorant of this, quote, standoff, unquote, in Oregon, it's the latest in the endless series of far-right conservative bedshittings over the role of the federal government. Now, this is just the latest in the longest-running range war in the West because, well, I guess I gotta go back into the history of this for you folks. See, down round Nevada territory, old Clive and Bundy was tending his cattle just the way his daddy and his daddy before him had done all the way back to the 1880s. Now, there weren't no darn way he was going to pay the government to let his cows graze on the land his kin had moved out and killed all the redskins for in the first place. So Cliven went and followed what he knew best. The law of the West. Turned his herds out to graze in freedom, just like in the 1880s. Except, you know, with few, fewer, somewhat fewer murdered native indigenous people. Now, when the government came round to bring old Cliven in for the millions of dollars in unpaid fees that his family up until 1993 had paid, he rounded up the posse and stood up to the man. Cowpokes from all over the country came out to the Bundy Ranch and, from what I could tell, basically sat around the fire and recreated the fart scene for Blazing Saddles. And after the government surrendered and turned old Clive's cattle loose, he was quite the hero. And he did what conservative heroes so often do, say such outlandishly racist things that even the most hardcore Republican has to discipline, distance themselves from him. So now what do they do? They abort their, their young children, they put their young men in jail because they never, they never learned how to pick cotton. And I've often wondered, oh, are they better off as slaves, picking cotton, having family life and doing things, or are they better off under government subsidies? I should note that was pre-Trump statements. These days, that isn't even that offensive. God, I mean, I hear worse things at a rally for Trump any five times a week. Anyway, up in Oregon, Cliven's boy Ammon, God, Ammon, really? Is leading the occupation of a federal bird sanctuary gift shop near, near Burns, Oregon. Population 2,086, or roughly one New York City elevator car between 5.30 and 5.45 p.m., Old Bud Bundy's citizens for constitutional freedom are protesting, and they say they won't leave, they won't be moved, and they will fight until federal lands in the West are returned to state and local control. Now, all right, we got to talk about, obviously these guys are fucking whack jobs, but what is it they want? Well, you see, come to find out, the federal government owns 28% of all the land in the United States, and it's most almost entirely located west of the Rockies, well, between the Rockies and the West Coast. Now, what does the government do with all this land? From what I can tell, dead alien storage. You're mocking me, aren't you? Oh, no, 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 no. Buzz looking alien! Now, a lot of this land, and folks, I've seen it, have you, well, have you seen America between the Reston Rockies and the Sierra and the Sierra Nevada? I'm sorry, it's, uh, God, it's, uh, how can I put this? If it's shit, it's shit, and that's it. Exactly. It's shit. Hundreds, thousands of miles of flat, empty, 
featureless terrain. It's too hot in the summer and way too cold in winter. There are exactly two reasons why one would live there. The first one is that your people were placed there involuntarily by the U.S. government after they almost committed an act of genocide on you, or your military profession is involved in some way with storing nuclear weapons or dead aliens. If there were anything there worth having, the government would have sold this land off to the highest bidder a long time ago. So unless there's some sort of untapped magic for sagebrush and rattlesnake shit, this land is basically worthless or anything other than grazing sheep or testing a crashed spaceship. And I'm not sure which one the Bundys want this land for. I've seen these goobers. It could go either way. Now, a lot of people got angry, and they took to the internet to do what angry people do on the internet, mainly look for other people angry about the same thing so they can all be angry together. It's what we do in the middle in the middle of the second decade of the 21st century in lieu of actual action. And the angry people denounced the entire Bundy clan, Al, Peg, Kelly, and Bud as terrorists. Probably Marcy and Steve, too. They're probably in the middle of this. In response to this, I kind of made a lot of people mad at me when I pointed out that as of right now, as of even... Uh, recording this afternoon, the Dirt Patrol of Vanilla Isis were in fact not doing anything different than members of Occupy Wall Street or Black Lives Matters who stage occupations and sit-ins for ver and various properties for various reasons. Now, the reactions to this were somewhat mixed. Bring me his head. I, I admit, I might have been trolling my liberal friends a little and my libertarian friends, oh, two of them, a lot. But the most common response that, the, that I got was, they're all carrying guns, to which I was forced to reply, yeah, that's also completely legal. You can carry a firearm, a loaded firearm, on public land, which this is. As long as you don't use it to hunt or do anything else, you're just standing there with a gun. You haven't broken any law. Now, again, this frustrated some liberals, and look, I gotta tell you, I don't make the laws in this fucked up country, but if we're gonna pretend for one group, we gotta pretend for them all. So it, it didn't really take that long till we all went from calling them terrorists to something completely different. As the boys at the Bird Sanctuary demonstrated the sort of strategic think thinking that has propelled the lunatic fringe of the Republican Party to success after success on the national stage. They went from basically being these scary-ass stormtroopers to being space balls in the space of just a few hours. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And I know I've said a lot of bad things about Twitter. That's because there are so many bad things about Twitter, but in a series of particularly vicious hashtagings, the once ominous group of yahoos on the range were called down to what they truly are, a passel of redneck nimrods who planned so poorly they forgot to bring enough jukeboxes for their all everyone at their coup d'etat. There's only one, only one Seriously, as the week has gone on, we've learned so much about Ammon Bundy, this this vehement anti-government rabble-rouser who took out federal loans for, him for a small business. Look, the man just wanted a small business providing Gadsden flags and tiny copies of the Constitution to freedom-loving patriots around the country, and he just needed a little help from his bootstraps. There's absolutely no reason to call him a hypocrite. 
And by the end of the week, the rest of the boys were starting to have some trouble keeping interest focused on the uprising, because apparently one of them had slipped off and took his love to town, checked into a hotel, and drank up all of his donation money. God, that is such a fucking country song, if ever there was one. Because uh, you, you know this old boy left his wife and kids in some shitty trailer in Wyoming to come down and fight the government. Now he's cast out from his friends, drunk in a hotel room. Could someone get me a six-string and a cowboy hat? We're going to Nashville! Yeah! I mean, if you really want to know just how fucking stupid these guys are, I offer you this from the Oregon Live, the paper that's been primarily covering this. Jason Patrick, hailing from Georgia, said he lost his roofing job with an $80,000 a year annual salary, benefits, and a company truck when he abruptly set out for the standoff. He'd already exhausted most of his vacation days for the year attending other so-called Patriot events. Now, I don't know if this guy is married. I, I suspect he is. He's white and middle class. But can you imagine explaining to your wife that you just quit your job, lost your truck, and now you're leaving for Burns, Oregon because you've got a Patriot event? She must be so fucking proud of him right now. I mean, with the stories of brawling and fighting over each other's wives, the drinking, the squabbles, there's a guy who claimed to be a Marine, but only we found out there was he was, he was never even in the military. If I find out you're wearing a bronzy without having served... I'm going to make things uncomfortable for you. This, this whole occupation has essentially devolved into a bad reality show of what it might be like to be a white-wing patriot. Bravo should just send a camera crew in and go the distance. You know, no, as I was writing, I found this, and actually, this is exactly the same thing, except it's far, far colder. Been a cowboy Casanova, I am. Talking to them women. <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Finding my Mr. Right, that would be even amazing. My perfect date would be, you know, if, if she wants to surprise me with a date, she could be hooked up to my boat <laughs> and come and pick me up at work with a case of beer and take me to the river. Yep. Bunch of half-drunk rednecks sitting around, squabbling with each other, trying to get in bed with each other's wives. That's Redneck Island on CMT and probably what's going on at the Bird Sanctuary starting about now. Look, there probably is something to the idea that the federal government has too much control over a lot of lands in the West, and they could probably be managed in some in some methods by the states. And the instigating factor of all this were terrorism charged for a couple of nimrods who started a range fire that injured no one and destroyed nothing but some bushes. That's just ludicrous. But that's not what the uprising is about. These jagoffs aren't fighting for freedom. They're fighting for attention. The Hammonds, whose ranchers, whose conviction for arson sparked this whole thing, want nothing to do with the protesters, with these occupiers, with these revolutionaries. And the people in the neighborhood that this is going on consider these brilliant, brilliant souls basically assholes. They want nothing to do with them and would very much like them to go home now. And the locals want them gone more than the federal government does. The federal government, who's treated this whole thing like that episode of Roseanne where DJ locks himself in his bedroom and no one even notices because Dan and Roseanne are in a big fight and Becky's knocked up and Darlene is doing meth in the back of the diner. It's Wait, is that Roseanne or is that something I read about the Palin family? I'm never able to keep those two people clear. God, Roseanne was a dark show.
The Bundy boys are emblematic for the entire wingnut wing of the conservative party in this country. They're not sure exactly what it is they want, but they sure as hell know that they don't, and that's anything that comes out of Washington, except the occasional small business loan, federal disaster relief, uh, range fees, uh, when fires wipe out their homes, so they want the insurance for that, jobs at dead alien storage facilities because they got great union benefits. You know, real salt-of-the-earth cowboy jobs, like, oh, guards at federal prisons, those are really good, too. And a lot of them want one thing more than anything else, that's to keep minorities as far away from this impossible, especially immigrants. As though people were going to fight their way through war, death, famine, and torture to finally make it to America and then move to land so desolate, so remote, and so filled with ideological zealots, it makes Raqqa look like a Castro district in San Francisco. So in a way, this little uprising of theirs is the most patriotic thing these scrotal sacks can do. Keep themselves as far the fuck away from the rest of us in America as possible where they can do no harm. So until the birders come back in the spring. And that's when this situation is just going to solve itself. Because you do not want to come between a birder and whatever warbler they're trying to get a look at. They will cut you down and walk over your still-bleeding corpse. You're stone-cold like that. That is it for our show this week, the first show of 2016, though I have probably said 2015 at least one time during this recording. We want to thank the band Hypnostate. As always, you can find their work on Jamendo.com. We want to thank you, the listeners, who come out to listen to the frankly grating and somewhat off-putting song of the ginger-tufted blowhard, a, his song who so resembles random stretches of profanity interspersed with 80s TV show clips. If you care about preserving the habitats of rare birds like this, please go to iTunes or any other podcatcher where you can subscribe, rate, and review. That's how they afford the liquor seeds that keeps the fictional flock of fledglings chirping. You can follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast, then show name on Facebook, and of course course, all the shows are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, and the entire fake flock of seagulls, sorry, that's really the wrong band for the closing, although I should have used them, even though we are not your only friend, we're not even your friend, but we are laughing friends, but not really actually your friend. What we laugh, we are the liberals at the light who watch over you. Occupy that little birdhouse in your soul. See you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.